I'm the first example of what a man is in her life. And sometimes that doesn't always resonate with fathers because they're so stuck in whoever they are at that moment. But it was just amazing that I would even think about that at that time. I was like yeah. 26 at the time. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm the I'm the embodiment of what a man is first. I have to be aware of what I'm saying, what I'm doing, right? Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Low, and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. Well, I'm very excited for another one of these epic conversations with someone incredible that I met very recently in the summer of 2022 through a dear friend of mine. I am honored to be joined by Steve Sims, who is the founder of The League, which is a men's mindset mastermind group. And this is just another one of those conversations where I know I'm going to be so deeply moved and surprised and delighted by the wisdom that this man is going to drop for all of us. So Steve, thank you so, so much for making the time today. No, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Mm. And I'm just, it's just so interesting how we divinely met through one of my dear friends, Mohini. So shout out to Mohini. I have to have Mohini on the podcast very soon when we can align a time. So can't wait for that conversation, but I'm really grateful to have you here. And thank you for being open to share your wisdom and what you've learned in your journey thus far with everyone. You know, just to give you some background, I've had a few conversations with men and this is something, as I told you, that I've been divinely guided to create and it's been so healing for me. But I will tell you, the people that have reached out to me after these conversations drop, it's pretty wild. Like, and it shows me, and I know you're doing this work, you know, with men and stuff, and it just shows me that there's still not enough of these conversations with us coming together, right? Whether it's people from different backgrounds coming together and having conversations, but it's definitely men and women not really coming together and like honoring our differences, learning what our similarities are and coming to a place of like a deeper respect for each other. So I know this conversation is going to take it to a whole new level and I'm just very, very grateful. And before we get started, I just want to say, because I spent time with you in conversation and I just, I really want to celebrate you for how you're choosing to live your life and move through the world at this time, because it takes a lot of courage for anyone to live this way, but especially men in our culture, because, you know, as we talked a lot about earth is going through a lot of shifts right now. And I am done with this conversation of men are the enemy or men aren't struggling. Men are struggling arguably more than women because most men are struggling in secret and they're not open and they don't have friendships and people they can really go to and trust and be emotionally open with. Right. And so I'm learning through my own conversations with men in private and on this podcast that we've just scratched the surface. So I applaud you for leading by example in what it means to embody the divine masculine. So thank you, truly. Mm -hmm. And I really mean that from my heart. Thank you. <laughs> so I would love for you to give some background on you and your story and what you're focused on right now, what you're doing and the kind of spaces you're creating and also anything that you're particularly excited about in your life at this time. Okay. Well, I don't know. To sum up what I've done is always like a challenge, right? But yeah. who I am is always just someone who's always evolving and yeah. not only discovering myself, but discovering my connection to others. But what I do is, well, early on, spent some time in the military. Transitioning out of that, I discovered that I would look at relationships between men, not just intimate, but also like the bonds that they share and how there was a lack there, yeah. right? It's either very business-related, confrontational, 
or what have you. So it was showing me that there's a lack of balance in how we are or how we present ourselves. Yeah. All right. So somehow, some way that led me down this path of from my own personal development journey, which started about 15 years ago. Yep. After a divorce, right? Because mm-hmm. it's always like those big life events that change you. Oh, yeah. And it sent me on this path of like just the self journey, yep. right? From meditation all the way through. I took all those aspects of that. And that's what led me into having discussions with different men one-on-one, ultimately seeing what it would look like to give them something that I wish I had mm. as I was coming up. And that's what led me here. Wow. Yeah, that's really powerful. What is something that you're excited about currently with the evolution of that in your life? Oh, the next chapter, the next phase of life. I'm actually moving. Yes. <laughs> like, so I've it's packed up everything. Yep. Yeah, I've packed everything up. There's, or packing everything up as we speak. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no destination, right? Mm. So there's no timeline of dates. It's just yep. as soon as the last strip of tape goes on a box, we're out of here, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm super excited for what that's going to look like. Yep. I have no thoughts of, where I'm going, when I'm getting there, how am I going to get there? I'll figure those things out. Yep. Oh, you will. And let me tell you, this is where the magic begins, right? And Lolo applauds you for this move because I just did it. And I am thriving right now in life. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) if you would, but when I made the decision, I was scared shitless. So there's that. And a lot of times these leaps of faith are what expand us and almost, they're like the starting point of creating our big lives. Like I just, I just Mm -hmm. think to create a big life, one has to take leaps of faith. I don't think that they're separate, you know? And so I just really congratulate you for that. And I think it's another example of like how you're living this way and living this work. Cause we can all preach all day about doing this stuff. But how I'm always looking and keeping myself accountable to what are the choices I'm making in my own life? And when I look at other people and respect them and really, you know, believe what they're saying, I'm looking at how they're living their life, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people, as you know, we talked about this in the spiritual space that are just capitalizing on these universal divine concepts that and laws that have been around long before we were alive. And they're really spinning them into more fear and scarcity. And so just want to say like you doing that is just going to open up, like you said, another avenue of learning so you can teach. Everything is about what we're here to teach, but we have to live it, you know, and go do it ourselves. So I applaud you for that. Is there anything that's like coming up for you as you think about doing that, that you're like, that you're nervous about or that you're excited about what's coming up for you? Like, as you live this day to day and this decision that you just made. The first one was the very first thought as usual, right? It was fear. And that yeah. lasted like all of 20 minutes. Cause I'm like, well, what is it going to be like, I've done scarier things <laughs> yes. in this, right? right. You know, exactly. I, I think the scariest thing was like throwing stuff in the box. And once I started doing that, it was like, yeah, oh, this feels so good. Like, it's almost like, a release. I'm I'm not holding on to anything. It doesn't matter. I just know that end all yes. be all. I'm gonna need like one bag, yes, right, a passport, and yes. some clean underwear, and that's yep. that's it. Like the rest okay. will figure itself out. Like the lack of fear with this process has been refreshing. Wow, and that's yeah. called growth, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that leads us into the tea that we're gonna spill today, which we decided. You know, Steve and I, when we were talking about where we really wanted to take this conversation, we want to talk about the embodiment of love, but we really want to talk about like shaping and reshaping our lives. Like, in other words, co-creating our lives with the universe, divine source, God, like, and breaking free of what we thought our lives were going to be when we were kids or when we were even two years ago or even three months ago, right? It's like, I think a lot of us are learning that our lives are not going to go in the linear way anymore, right? I mean, it's like, we're not going to, yeah, a lot of us went to college or did the military thing. And it's like, then we're told, okay, you know, you just find your, your person, they just come in out of nowhere. And then you get the house and the kids and then 
I guess you're done at like 40. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what that plan is, but it's not working anymore (laughs) as we know. And life is just never that linear. Life is cyclical, right? There's cycles. And so to start, I really want to hear (laughs) your perspective on how you chose and whatever starting point you want to use in your timeline so far in your journey is is divinely aligned. But it's like how you chose and like, what was the moment for you when you said, oh, I'm not going to just live the life people told me to live or society tells me to live or my friends are living. I'm going to consciously choose to do this like differently, even though I'm not sure what that looks like. For me, it was, I'll say somewhere around 2015 is definitely where it stood out. Yeah. But leading up to that was like those little peaks behind the curtain. Like, you know, you yeah. get that that awakening a little bit, you see things a little bit differently. You ask a different set of questions. Yeah. You start getting a different set of answers. And you start realizing how you're moving and thinking and interacting with the world is completely different from everyone else. And it's not to say that anyone's like awake or asleep. It's just like, it's your time to really, mm-hmm. you know, see for the first time, should I say. Yeah. And right after that, it was just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't keep doing the same things. I would always ask, wait, why do we keep doing the same things? Why are we so repetitive in what we do? Why do we always look forward to this day, this time, whatever? Like, why can't we just live now? And of course, once you start doing that, everyone starts questioning are you if you're all right, you know? Yeah. Which let me know I'm all right because yeah. it's, it's completely opposite of what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. And that sent me down an entirely different path. And so much so it put me in different spaces and places with people I never expected to be around. Sure. And it was just so like refreshing and enlightening. Like one in particular, actually I can't tell that story. (laughs) I love it. See what happens when you're in the present moment, then you have to go back and be like, oh, wait, that's not relevant for right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But wait, what was the question again? I was a stream of consciousness now. That's okay. No, I love a stream of consciousness. No, the question was kind of like, what was that starting point when you really said to yourself, I'm not going to live the life I was told, you know, grew up believing I was going to have, or just recreate the life everyone around me is choosing to live? So definitely started 2015, but. For me, it was like solidified 2020. Mm. Absolutely. Like hands down. Yeah. Like there was no, there was no space for me to question anything. It was like in my face blatant. And I always hear how people talk about, oh man, it was horrible. It was this, it was that. And that was probably the greatest time of my life. Yeah. Right. And I say that because, I mean, outside of all the things that were happening, say that like, I was in complete solitude. Mm -hmm. It was the perfect time to disconnect, you know, reflect, then redefine what's important, what's not important. What do I align myself with? Who do I want to align myself with? Do I want to further keep going along with the ebb and flow of things? Or do I want to reshape where this new body of water is going to be built? Yeah. And yeah, and then here we are. I think it was like my grand awakening, should we say? Yeah, it's really powerful. And I also had a lot of awakenings in 2020. And I was very grateful for how set up I was and taken care of I was. And that was all divinely guided. And I had a lot, I chose, I should say, consciously Mm. to spend a lot of time in reflection and what I wanted to do. But I'm also good with being alone. A lot of people struggle during that time because they're not. And that's something to look at. Mm. I I really, I don't want to get preachy, but like when we can't be alone with ourselves, that is a red flag. I promise you that. Anyone listening, I feel that that time forced people to really feel like to be in the energy of just themselves, right? And there were people that chose to escape that with alcohol or partying or hookups, whatever it was. And then there were people that chose to go all the way into it. And those people that I know that did that, like you're talking about, are doing quite well now. (laughs) 
So, you know, there is something to be said for being alone with ourselves in our own energy field, right? Because other people, when we're around them, we're tapped into their energy. We're not just with the purest form of our energy. Exactly. And you and I are both empaths. So we feel everyone's stuff. God bless them. But like, we're feeling their unprocessed emotions, their processed emotions, and then our stuff gets all jumbled. So I think, yeah, that was the time in 2020, but that should be something we all take with us. How are we carving out time for ourselves regularly? You know, especially mm -hmm. if we're working or entrepreneurs or whatever, it's still like, no matter what our lifestyle is, relationships or not, being alone is is critical to healing and also figuring out what we actually desire. Talk to me about like your relationship with being alone, like with yourself. I've always been alone. Yeah, me like, too. And that's where the comfort came from. Right. And it was like, you know, I'd always find things to do and ways to, I guess we can say escape by that, that mental escape, allowing your thoughts to go beyond those barriers we normally put on there. Consider thinking out or seeing where that thought that you normally hide from, see where it takes you. Yeah. Right? Just further exploring that, further exploring self. That is usually my solstice. And I learned that, but that's also my Achilles heel at times mm -hmm. because I'm so comfortable being alone that mm. I don't often seek the company of others or the... Sure. Uh, just the perspectives of others, which can be a detriment, right? So it was realizing I needed to find a balance. Like it's yep. great that I can carve out time, like you said, to be able to reflect, recharge, and yeah. you know, be able to go back out there again. But it's also very important to find other energies to be around. Well, not the destructive kind, right? Right. <laughs> As an to be, empath, that right? you don't feel depleted, you feel filled yeah, up after. That's, exactly. That's the holy grail yeah. of relationships and friendships and mm. this creative collaboration. I mean, that's the holy grail, right? And that's where I really learned more about being an empath because once, right. you know, you've, I know what my energy feels like. And then it was so much heightened every time I'd go outside or get around mm -hmm. other people because it had been so long. Yes. And then to the point where was, I don't want to shake hands. I don't want to hug. I don't want, because it's too intense yes. or you can feel what's going on in a room. So yeah, that was a special time. Yeah. Thank you so much for like opening up about that. Cause there, I mean, this whole empath conversation, I feel like people think it's only women. There are a ton of men. I know a lot of them that are empaths, like a ton. Mm. And most of those men generally have a more balanced feminine and masculine energy. They're not alpha male. Like there's no nobility in being an alpha anything. Like that's an illusion of the ego. You know what I mean? What does alpha yeah. even mean? You know? And for me, it's like when I've been around your energy, <laughs> I have felt very relaxed. When I'm around alpha males, I'm like, get me out of here. Or I'm fighting with them. Either <laughs> one. <laughs> and alpha females, by the way, I'm fighting with them too. So uh. it's like, you know, I think that there's something to be said for paying really close attention to people were around and what they trigger in us, right? Because that's something for us to look at too. It's not on other people to manage that for us, but also the people mm. that make us feel just really balanced. It's not even just about feeling good. It's just, I could see you and have a conversation and leave. And it's like, that was great. There's no residual to your point of heavy energy that I'm feeling. And sometimes you can't even put your finger on it, but the whole day is shot. You're like, what just happened? I just had coffee with so-and-so this morning. And now I feel like shit. That's empath and life. Just so drained. And you, oh. you said, I, I need a nap or <laughs> I just need a day uh -huh. in solitude. Right. Yeah. Funny with that alpha conversation. Yeah. Talk to me about um, it. <laughs> You know, it's one of those things. I'd honestly say that just it just triggers me, right? Because yeah, yeah, it's people mimicking or just parroting something that they heard or something that they've seen a lot of times, and then just yeah. to dispel something like there's this myth of like alpha and where it comes from. It's the leader of the pack, right? Sure, sure. And even where that comes from, it comes from a study of wolves and yes. seeing how the hierarchy in wolves. They talk about you know when. One alpha meets another one, they fight for, right. like a lot of the times, those same pack animals are family. They're all yes. in lineage. Ooh. And yes, they're fighting for the hierarchy. It's not one alpha comes and 
takes over another pack. That's if that happens, that's usually because of mating purposes, not because sure. of any kind of like power thing. Somebody got a hold of it and made it like the term, which is fine. Being alpha is just an energy, yes. right? And to dispel something else, beta does not mean lesser. Actually, in a in the wolf hierarchy, beta is like the second in command. Yes. Like there's a whole other thing, but yes. by all means, do do whatever you will if that's your thing. Other side of it is, if you're an alpha, you can't be in a pack of alphas because mm. there has to be one leader. So you can't call yourself a pack of alphas. Yeah, I'm not knocking it. I just prefer if we're going to use the language, mm-hmm. let's be cognizant of the language we're using. Yes. And so we don't sound and look away when we're having yeah. those conversations. But back to alpha, right? Let me stick back yeah, to alpha. Yeah. yeah, keep going. Usually the people that are saying they're alpha are in search of something that they don't innately feel like they have. They do. They just haven't tapped into it. That's right. But they feel like they don't have it. So they mask it through the term. Oh, Yes. If I have to show you who I am, that's not me. Yes. Right. So if I have to come in and I have to tell you I'm alpha every chance I get, are you convincing you or are you convincing me? Because I'm I'm not sure how that works. But oh yeah, like alpha is just an energy. Say you want to have that dominant energy and work on building up that. How does it look like for you? It doesn't have to mimic right the guy that you've seen on the internet. Or your friends, like even in a relationship, Mm -hmm. there are those alpha or dominant energies and they're interchangeable. So there's very much time your spouse or your partner will be the dominant energy. And there's times that they will be the beta or a second energy, right? The non-dominant energy. And it, like you said, it's cyclical. It's back and forth. It's not, it's on me. You can have a position. But when it comes to the energy dynamics of alpha or dominant, that's going to be interchangeable. Mic drop. That was so (laughs) phenomenally articulated. (laughs) I've never heard it quite like that. That was insane. Like alpha is another word for masculine energy. Omega is a word for feminine. Beta is kind of feminine too. The thing is, is so many, let's just talk in binary gender for a second. In relationships, you know, cisgender relationships with men and women. Most women think that if I prop him up as the alpha male, right? And I'm just saying this is like a general consensus and I want you to give me your take on this. But if I prop him up, if I really, you know, prop him up as the alpha male that will be good and he'll be stable in the protector and the provider and all those things. However, when he's having an emotional breakdown, like not even just oh, I'm having a breakdown for six months. I'm talking a rough day. Mm. Most men don't know how to shift into their omega, their beta energy for a hot minute so that (laughs) the roles can reverse so that she can take care of him for a minute while he processes something. This is the problem, right? Alpha energy means I'm never shook by anything. That's bullshit. Like, Men are just as sensitive as women. I don't know when we invented this thing that men just are cold and feel nothing. I know a lot of men that, I mean, they're emotional, right? And it's like, this is the problem. And our generation is here to heal this, right? To create spaces like you're doing. And I honor you for that, where men can have other men that they're discussing their emotional experience, lived experiences with, right? And so, you know, say you're, partner comes home and he's had a really rough day at work or in his business. And he's trying to mask that by just pretending everything's okay. And then you're not sure because he's not opening up to you, but then it blows up later, right? Because he's Mm. suppressing those emotions and those feelings. And you and I have talked privately about like, when we suppress our emotions, that's an illusion because they're going to come out later. Usually yes, in a bad way, we'll take it out on someone, we'll take it out on ourselves. It's just not good. So my whole thing is, you know, spiritually trying to get to a place where like, I'm just okay with feeling whatever comes up that day, right? And and transmuting it. So I would love to hear like your perspective on all of that. And like, as a man tapping into your emotions as like a power source for you in your life. I've been that man. Right? Yeah. And you're yeah. just unaware of bottling all that up. Yeah. And then not knowing how to express it. And then mm. you express it in the worst ways. And then it's just like, yeah. When did this become me? Right. 
But I'll say before I go into my piece on that, like I've always known a part of me to be sensitive. Yeah. Right. But right. growing up in like the 80s and 90s and like, yeah. you know, my parents are from Honduras. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very much Spanish culture, like you are not soft. You get reprimanded. Right. Yeah. For that. Right. right? But I knew that. I knew that growing up. And that was also where a lot of my anger came from. Yep. Because I know I'm sensitive, but I saw it as a weakness. And a lot of my expressions or outbursts came from someone being able to see and point out that I'm sensitive. So I had to get in survival mode. I had to, oh, you have to fight or you have to stand up for yourself because you don't want to, showing your emotions or being sensitive equals weakness. Yeah. And weakness means you're going to have a rougher life. Yeah. So it was like, well, let me show them that I'm not scared to defend myself of being sensitive. Yeah. But then as I got older, I realized how much how much of a power it was. Yeah. Because it became for me, I'd in a roundabout way, this saying is the most dangerous man on the planet is one who has tamed his emotions. Mm. Meaning you know what your anger is like, you know what your fears are, all of these things, and you know how to, you know how to discipline yourself. Because the moment you lose that, you now regress to being the animal and only the animal. Yes. Right? But at least now you can be the human and the, the tamer of that animal. But when it comes to men being in tune with their emotions, it's absolutely necessary. It should be mandatory. And I say that because, like you said, all right, I've had a bad day. Who can I go to? How can I get that outlet? The normal outlet is what? Alcohol, zombie out by sitting down in front of the television. Sure. Lifting weights. Yeah. I was going to say the working out gets a little toxic. Yeah. Yeah. Working out's good for us, but like a lot of men are, you know, shredding. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So then it's like, working out is great, except it shouldn't be the only thing. You shouldn't just have one avenue to exert right. yeah. all of these pent-up aggressions and, right. and these bottled-up emotions. But the other side to that same conversation comes in, like the same way women speak about safe spaces, right? Can you be that safe harbor for me when I'm going through things? Like That's right. being able to, there's times like, I, don't, I may not need you to Give me an answer. I, yeah. I just need an ear. I need to know that you're listening. I need to know that I can confide that into you without it taking away from who I am ultimately as the man in your life or the partner in your life. And that doesn't happen because the way it's women are this, men are this. Yep. Anything outside of those two structures, like then the respect level starts to get taken away a little bit. And for men, even more, even more, because it's like, do you show an ounce of compassion or quote unquote weakness, then you no longer get the respect that you originally did, which I disagree with because the day my daughter was born was the day I had to get fully in tune Mm. with my emotions, right? If I had a son, I would really just replicate parts of who I was at that time. Sure. But Thankfully, because she saved me and the road that I was going down, because when her eyes opened up the first time, something inside me changed. She's actually where I learned to tap into being in love, right? Mm -hmm. Or allowing love to come in. There were times like I would come home from work and she knew my schedule and she'd be there waiting for me. She'd hold my hand and take me to the couch and tell me about her day and, you know, in her baby language, right? And it was so confusing the first few times till I realized the best part of her day is when I walk through the door and she gets to see me and tell me about her day. And that broke me down. Right. And I had never shared that. I'd never, I didn't share it with her mom at the time. It just broke me down. I was like, cause I've never, you tell yourself, you know what love is, but I've never let love in enough to fully understand it until that moment. Right. And then after that, that was like my first time getting high. I was like, I need to replicate this. I need to figure out yes. how to get this, you know, just whenever I need it. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, 
I know what that feeling feels like. I can replicate it for myself. And the more I did that, the more I would understand love in a deeper, non-conforming society type sense, right? Yeah. So like my belief is I can only share my love that I've developed for myself and allow the love that you've developed for me, plus sharing what you've given me. So when we're like falling in love with someone else, it's really just you're seeing a part of you, but you're also sharing what you have bottled up inside of you. And that is it. Yeah. I have chills. That was really beautiful. Thank you for sharing all of that and giving that context because love is something we have to, let's say, relearn in the human experience. We are love. Our souls are pure love. And in other dimensions, there is no ego. There is no fear. There is no scarcity. But in this dimension, we come back here, right? And we choose to experience the duality all over again and learn and relearn the fact that we are love at our core fear and scarcity. We learned as illusions Mm. that we have to transcend. Not an easy life, the human experience. But I will say... There was this line in a Drake song, a very old Drake song called Fireworks that okay. never, I mean, I remember listening to it. It's probably seven, eight years ago. I remember. Do you know the song? Yeah. There's a line that says, I want to witness love. I've never seen it close. This is the experience of most humans, but men, feminine energy is the embodiment of love, beauty, and radiance. Masculine energy is the embodiment of, you know, it's more mastery energy, it's structure, it's execution, it's Mm. doing, it's organizing. We need both. We would be nothing without the masculine and the masculine would be nothing without the feminine. And this is the challenge. Our generation is also here to heal (laughs) and balance, you know, just it's tall order. The divine's given us a tall order, but it's fine. We can do it. It's like, we live in a society that rewards masculine energy, masculine dominated energy. So everyone's burnt out men, women, and everyone across the spectrum, because our society only rewards doing. What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? What are you doing today? What are you doing? Nobody ever says, how are you being? Right? This is the problem. And so this is the challenge for us to be like, what does love look like up close? Mm -hmm. And the example you gave with your daughter, I seriously teared up. Like, And it kind of, I'm sure it reminded you of what you were like as a child before, you know, school and the indoctrination of all the fear stuff. It's like, we're innocent as children and we, we are living from our intuition. We stop eating when we're full and we eat when we're hungry and we go out to play and, you know, we sleep when we're tired. Like we unlearn all that. And then we have to relearn it as an adult. And you realize the wisdom of children. Children are so close to God. They're they're the closest source to God, right? Because then they're not tainted yet. I was at a restaurant recently in, in Maine on one of my travels. I was eating, you know, by myself. I do this all the time. Love it. And this couple, this, yeah. Oh yeah. We love it. And this really sweet family. I didn't even notice them at first, Steve. That's how, you know, in my own world I was. And all of a sudden I look over and this little boy is like turned around on his chair, staring at me, smiling, like freaking out. And his mother and father are like, Oh, he's looking at you. He's a flirt. Like watch out. And he's looking at me and I'm opening up to him and I'm like, hi, you know, playing with him just from afar, you know? And (laughs) he's starting to open up more and more and smile and smile. And I was just like, so lit up by this kid. Right. And the parents go, his name is Theo. And I'm always like looking up, like, what are these names? I I always, I love to look up what names mean. Well, turns out Theo, the name means God and God's gift. Mm. I seriously almost died. I was like, wow, that is a sign for me that like, God's trying to show me like, not that children are just the gift, although they are, but it's like, we are children at our core. That's the inner child, you know? And it just, I mean, I i lost it. I had to look away. I was like, oh my God, like that's the gift, you know? And I know when I have my children, I will never be the same. And I, I just, I'm sure, well, talk to me about your experience being the father to a girl. Because yeah. when you spoke about, I've heard a lot of men talk about this, you know, and that it just awakens in them a different level of love. It's amazing. Again, I speak for me, but I'm sure it's not different anywhere else, right? The things you consider, right? My very first thought, and I always keep this like imprinted in my head. Someone asked me, would I let 
my daughter date someone like me? And I said, no. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I said, fuck no, right? But um, <laughs> I said, why? Like, you're such a good person. And it was like, I said, I've become a good person. But, but like, I know who I was initially. And I always go to that thought because I'm the first example of what a man is in her life. And sometimes that doesn't always resonate with fathers because they're so stuck in whoever they are at that moment. But it was just amazing that I would even think about that at that time. I was like yeah. 26 at the time. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm the I'm the embodiment of what a man is first. I have to be aware of what I'm saying, what I'm doing, right? So I would always like, when I'm spending time with her, it would always be, it didn't matter if I'm tired or not. I wanted to give her all the energy, all the attention. Yeah. I would open doors, all this stuff, even from when she's young, right? Yeah. So like she'd spend her summers with me and she'll go back home to her mom and she's like, she won't get in the car unless I open the door. I was like, did you open the door? She's like, yeah. I was like, where'd she get that? I was like, I do that every time she's here, Aww. right? Because <laughs> right? I just want her to feel comfortable. But what it does for you just on a, the father instinct is always there because you're always looking to protect her and yes. keep things away. But more importantly, like you're very hyper present, mm. hyper aware how you talk to them, the conversations you have. I talk to her about expressing herself. Yeah. Right. So all the things that I wasn't able to do, I implant in her mind. Hey, yeah. do okay. this. What do you want to do? Let's go do that. Who do you want to be? I never ask her who you want. Like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Who do you want to be? Yeah. Right. Wow. And sometimes I think that's too deep a question, but then I said, no, that's probably the most shallowest question I'll ever ask her because her mind is yeah. still, you know, un, you know what I mean? Right. Sure. So yes. even today I ask her and she, <laughs> she's like, she's 16 now. She's like, can you oh. stop? And I'll go, no, I need you to know that you can be who you want to be at any point in time in life. Mm -hmm. It's just, are you comfortable enough to be yourself? Right. And I can see in real time the influence that those yeah. moments yes. have had and those conversations have had. So as much as we like to have like concrete evidence that we're making these impacts, I can see it. Right? Yeah. But it's, it is probably one of the more, more impactful life-changing events that a man can have because yeah. it's easy to, and I mean, I say it's easy to raise a son. You, you at least can tell yourself what to do. Play you have the experience, stuff, right? the lived experience. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you, it takes a little bit more effort and yeah. like intellect and heart opening to be able to like touch base with a young woman because you don't want to influence her with these like trash thoughts. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You, you're more aware of them. Like yeah. you say them out loud and you're like, oh my God, that's my daughter. You know, and yeah. the truth is like her having you is such a gift because my father, you know, I have me and my sister. So my father only had girls and the way he treated like women, the way he treated everyone really, but he's a very loving, generous, kind man, very, the opening the door thing, all that. And I will say that made me be very selective with who I ever would be romantically involved with or be sexually involved with. So you're creating, like you said, subconsciously in her mind, because children are watching every move we make. Absolutely. Not even half the time what we're saying, they're watching how we're being and mm. energetically. And, you know, her just witnessing how you're choosing to be and those questions, she's going to require more of any man in her life. And this isn't to be hard on men. This is just to say that, I hope that my partner calls me into a greater expansion of myself and vice versa. It's not women are better than men. That is not it. It's that how are we actually like expanding each other, you know? Yeah. And I just feel that it's incredible. And those questions too, for her to ponder during those years of developing in middle school, high school. I mean, those are, yeah. those are interesting years, you know? It's <laughs> not all hard, but it, it's a challenging time. You're coming of age, you know? And so... I just applaud you for being that type of father because it takes a lot of energy to choose that way. So thank it you. Does. Truly. Yeah. Hope she and, appreciates it. <laughs> oh, she will. If she doesn't now, she will one day see how rare that experience is. So, yeah. And I mean, it feels like when you talk about that, well, I don't want to speak for you. Like, did that 
start to shift how you actually were in connection and relationships with women in your own relationships in life? Like, how did that shift your ways of of relating with with women in all aspects, not just romantic? Well, you're you're right. It definitely did at first, mm-hmm. right? And I didn't notice it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it wasn't until probably like later on relationships I'd notice how very much present I would be there too and aware and yeah you know then being more cognizant of what I'm saying right so now what I'm showing her and how I'm living is more congruent yes and then she can see it too so but you don't you're always the last to see your transformation in in my opinion right yeah because hindsight is 2020 you can connect the dots backwards right so it, it actually showed up perfectly so even so where I'm at now is regardless of what it is i'm showing up in the full support right i still show up in the masculine but still show up supporting like filling in those gaps that my partner may not know she needs mm-hmm. yeah right because they often don't right so mm-hmm. but you're doing it then it's like well why do you do this yeah it makes sense when it makes sense right until you realize this is something you need that's when you'll appreciate it for what it is right yes, so but i agree it has definitely changed how I how I go into relationships. I don't just go into any relationships anymore. Right. Just to hear me. I still spend more time figuring out what it is that I need for me mm-hmm. versus how I show up. Because ne- I've never sat and asked, like, what do I need from someone? Because I've always sure. given it to myself because I've always been by myself to give it to myself. Yes. So that's probably the more difficult question for me to answer in relationships is, what can someone yes. give me that I just say show up as you are because the rest I can do for myself until I come to that yes. epiphany moment where I can tell you, oh, this is what I need more of or this is right. exactly what I need. Yeah, so, like relationships are built as we experience them. We don't go in with like that. I mean, gone are the days. I hope more and more people are not going in with this list the list. They they still have (laughs) the list. Like, I don't know what that is because we're changing constantly as humans. And the real success, in my opinion, is to stay with someone through seasons of life. This is Mm. like the big challenge for us all. Right. And it's just for me, I've become aware that that's the kind of relationship I desire. I desire to give devotion and commitment to someone and receive that back. I don't desire to play around with a bunch of people. At the end of my life, I will not be happy I did that. And so I've never done that and I never will. And I'll wait as long as it takes, you know? And so that's it. And I feel like, but that doesn't mean that that's the noble answer. It's just, that's what I feel. I've never been good with hookup culture. I think sex is a huge energetic exchange between souls Mm. and humans. And we treat it like it is nothing. And it's actually everything. And Mm. I just feel that men are coming into this awareness and knowing and women are, and it's changing kind of like underneath our eyes and our noses because I had a friend recently who went to a a healer and the healer was like, you have so many other people's energy from sex in your body. Like that's what's creating your anxiety every day. And she was Mm. like, oh my God. I mean, that's the kind of stuff. Like when you're in the spiritual space and you start to go into the energetics of things, it's like, I'll never have sex with anyone again. No, I'm just kidding. But it's like, you know, you really want to be mindful of, even back to the empath thing, like who you're talking to, who you're spending time with and the energy, you know? But that's kind of what leads me into this last part I really want to get your insight into, which is, I know one of the things that you're doing is creating spaces like for men to come together in community and really have each other. And this is popping up now in the culture. Thank God. Very divinely guided. Like there are so many groups for men, communities for men, retreats for men, you know, sacred masculine kind of work, like men going into nature together and really Mm. like doing the healing, whatever, camping. I don't know what it is, but the point is like, Men need each other. That's where it starts. And I think back to our point earlier about like men just being afraid of their emotions or that's the culture and what we're taught. It's like men are also afraid to be vulnerable with other men. And that's Mm. really where our culture has broken the sacred divine masculine, you know? So talk to me about like what you're seeing happening for men in the healing space and the growth development mastery space, because I'm really interested in your perspective on that. 
it's funny because I was telling a good friend of mine, men as a whole, will we have an easier time telling each other about women we slept with, mm-hmm. you know, than we do about feelings or money. You know? Yeah, sure. So it's like, sure. it's just weird to me. But started the league, the league men's masters. Yeah. And in there, that came from being around a lot of women mm. right? and seeing how they like just for all the things most people all oh, like women chatty, this thing, all the other stuff, whatever, right? What I realized when you look at women and you just like observe them, sure. When they go through something, what's something when you go through something, what do you do? I have like 50 people I can call friends that are women. Right. And you have that support. And that's right. They're either going to listen or they're going to give you advice or they're going to help you work through wherever you're at or what stage. Yep. Who do guys have? I had a guy once that I dated. He told me, he goes, it was out of nowhere. And I was very early on in my spiritual path. I've said this on another episode, but it bears repeating at this moment. He goes, you know, men don't have relationships and friendships the way women do. Right. I was like, oh, what do you mean? He's like, I maybe have one friend that's a dude that I could go deeper with or maybe have a heart to heart with if I was going through something, but I wouldn't tell him everything. Same. And I know those conversations can only go to a certain degree. Right. right? I can bring it to the line of awareness of what I'm dealing with, sure. but I can't go in depth. And then ask therapy support. Is more, God forbid you ask for right, support. Right, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then it's like, yo, you all right? Like, go get some help. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's what I'm talking to you, right? And the weakness conversation. Comes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Or it's man up. It's like, how yeah. many times can I man up, right? And what exactly uh-huh. does that mean, right? Like, I've done things in life, right? And then for someone to tell me, oh, I got to man up. and just like, do you know what I've done? Right? So the other side is therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Therapy is usually for the past, right? Yeah. But what about those things that are like well in real said, time, right? Yes. Like yes. what are those things that are like in the real time? Yeah. So this gives us an opportunity to be around other men, speak freely, show it the important things for them to see that other men are going through the same thing you're going through. That's just right. because you're not sharing it doesn't mean it's not happening. That's right. right? You may feel like it's just you. But it's everybody else in this room that's going through it to some degree or has gone through it. And we can talk you through and support you through it, through whatever you're going through. Or they can reach out to one another, someone they're more comfortable with. Sure. But the space was absolutely necessary because I see that we don't have those support spaces. You can't just always talk to your significant other because, again, right, you want to be able to maintain that home balance without it taking a hit or you having to feel like you're being judged for having a moment. Sure. Right. Because as a man, yes, you're supposed to show up and support your significant other. But yeah, when you need it, will it be the same? And then if it's not the same, will you build some type of resentment towards them for not supporting you the way you support them? Yes. Right. So yeah, this just gives them the opportunity to show up express themselves, connect with other men who are either early on in that awakening spiritual path or in that personal development space or just if they're just interested. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. And I'm so grateful you're doing that, you know, because I think also in relationships, having a a partner does not give us permission on both sides to just dump on them all of our problems and struggles. Sometimes like, you know, I always say like, we have different people in our lives for a reason, right? Mm. And it doesn't mean you're keeping secrets, you can tell them, but maybe when you're processing something, having other communities, like I have communities of friends of mine that are entrepreneurs that I might go to with more of like a business challenge. I have friends of mine who are deeply, deeply spiritual that I might go to more on a, right? So it's like, I don't know if I need to dump that all on my partner, especially Mm -hmm. if I haven't processed it myself. It's not up to him to process that for me. But what it is, is it's like, yeah, having a partner that you feel safe with and can talk about things with. But sometimes when you're in it, the best place to go is not your partner, you know? And I just love that you called that out because that that's real. That's very, very, very real. And that's how you stay with someone for a long time, because it's like, we really treat our partner like they have to be everything all the time to us. And often like this punching bag. It's like, no, like they should be on the biggest pedestal. 
right? And and often we treat, because we just we take them for granted, we take people for granted that are in our day-to-day lives, right? And so I pray I, I don't ever want to do that. <laughs> That's, I've learned my lesson with taking someone for granted that is very special to me and I'll never do it again, you know? So that lesson was very hard for me. And I pray that everyone in relationships can really stop looking at their partner as their problem solver. That is not the role of our partner, you know? So I feel called to ask you this question before we jump, which is what would you offer to women as guidance or advice on how women can show up for the men in their life? Let's talk through the lens of romantic partnerships. You know, like how can women shift maybe their typical behavior with men based on some of the stuff we talked about today that that would actually really support them, right? What would you offer to women to say, okay, here's maybe a different way to approach the next conflict in your relationship or just maybe looking at your relationship differently through the lens of this actually might support him more and you more. Like just anything that comes up intuitively for you, because this has been really powerful to like hear what men have to say about this. The first thing would be language, mm-hmm. right? Because again, I've said it before, like we communicate, but we don't say, we don't speak the same language. Yeah. And that's important because let's think about it for a second. When we're voicing stuff, it's usually from a place that is emotionally charged oh, versus, yeah. right? Versus like we talk more about the things we don't like than the things we do like. Mm-hmm. So let's say there is something, some kind of tension or whatever. Sure. First, wait, what's your way of doing things? Are you someone that needs to talk right away? Are you someone that needs a moment to gather yourself? Make sure that you are talking with them, not at them. Mm-hmm. Because remember, when, as you're speaking and those emotions come up because they're fresh in your mind and then they're yeah. attaching to those words, you go from having a back and forth discussion to a lecture. Yeah. But I would have to say the simplest thing that, not simple, because simple isn't easy, right? But the simplest thing we can do is be open and honest and provide time for discussion. Because most times it's, you should dedicate a time where you all speak and you convene and you say, all right, make a list of the things that you've noticed yes. or wanted to talk about, right? So it doesn't have to be right away. Oh, every Thursday at like six, yeah. we'll meet for 30 minutes. We'll meet outside or on a walk and we'll go over the things that are on our heart, on our mind that we yeah. want to open up about. This way, you have your list, if it's one thing, if it's many, and you get that opportunity to discuss it. And more than anything, please just listen to one another and not just listen to respond. Like hear what the other person's saying. If you need a minute to reflect on it, do that. Make notes, all of that. And if you want to bring that up at the next time, because it doesn't have to be answered or completed right then and there, it's just more for awareness sake. Have some dedicated time where you can have those open, honest, unfiltered conversations without free of judgment, free of anger, resentment, or any kind of barrier when we're trying to communicate or keep some semblance of balance in these relationships. Phenomenal. I mean, people laugh at this stuff, but it's like we need to be checking in regularly with the people we're in intimate partnership with. That shouldn't be hard to do, right? Like I have to laugh sometimes because I feel like People laugh at this stuff and that's the mistake, right? Because we're making a ton of assumptions with someone that we're living with every day. We're Mm. making assumptions about them, what they think, what they feel, what they see, how they see us, how they feel about us. And a lot of it is, I mean, Steve, we talk about this. We're projecting onto people all the time. We're projecting our own shit. I'm sorry, everyone. This is like, you know, when you're on the spiritual path, you're forced. Like I've been, like you've been to look at all your stuff. This is why we do quote unquote shadow work. We look at our wounds, our pain, the darker tendencies we have that we all are aware of. We have, right? Mm. Nobody is perfect and nobody is pure love and light. Okay. So, (laughs) and honestly, if you can look at someone's darkness and love them anyway, you've won. 
This yes. is it. Because the divine yes. looks at all of us and loves us anyway. When we lie, when we cheat, when we steal, right? When we talk shit about people, the divine loves us anyway. And I know it's a tall order, but it's like, what does it look like in divine partnership? Everybody wants this epic love and partnership. Oh. To create that is to do what you just said, 30-minute check-in. I think we can do that. We have check-ins all day for work and for our businesses, but we're not mm -hmm. checking in on our most precious relationships, right? Friendships, family, lovers, yeah. partners. And so, yeah, I would love to hear your response to that. No, that's because the shadow work, same thing. Like Everyone's laughing when you say shadow work or do the work or any yeah, of that. Right. Until they're faced with going down that path, right? Because mm. no one tells you. Yeah. Uh, dark and deep that rabbit hole goes yes and there's no one that's going to hold your hand someone may be able to guide you a certain checkpoints right right that's all on your own right that's right for the people that do laugh continue to laugh yeah it's fine I'd say because your time comes mm -hmm. and then when your time comes you'll somehow be ready it's divine timing for everyone on that oh path, absolutely you know? but relationships bring up a lot of people's shadow and stuff yeah. they've been so either like unconscious to or conscious to but have chosen to be to be not aware of it or choose to just not be. Yeah. Because a lot of stuff we're very conscious. A lot of people are self-aware. They are, mm -hmm. but they just choose otherwise, right? And for me, like one of the things, one of my big growth points is to have like a lot of patience with people and with someone mm -hmm. because I always feel like I'm so devoted to being the best version of me and I really hope everyone else is, but that isn't fair to everyone because everyone's on a different timeline. Yeah. And I, I have gotten to a place where I truly honor people's journeys and where they are. And I don't just want them in my life when they're good, quote unquote. I'd like them in my life right now. And I'd like to meet them exactly where they are right now, because I would hope that he or someone would want to meet me right where I'm at, you know? So Everybody can talk this stuff until you're in a relationship and you have to have patience and you're triggered and you're projecting. <laughs> you know? So it's like, that's the real learning landscape. Yeah, you can only be where you are when you're there. Uh -huh. That's just plain and simple. Yeah. Oh, man. And last relationship, I learned very much about how I show up or how I project. Sure. And the biggest thing I learned is like, I'm still very much just that kid. Right. Mm, and yeah. like I learned all the time that I may have felt hurt or, sure. or whatever when I was younger was showing up in relationships. Yeah. And more importantly, it was preventing me from enjoying the lighter, fun mm. side of being childlike That's right. and putting myself in the transition phase of child to adult. You know yes. what I mean? So it was like, you know, as an adult, you're really just still very much a child. Very you're much. never not going to be a child, right? right? You're just always a variation of that little kid. But what it taught me is how I need to be more tapped into that side of yes. just enjoying and smiling and being. And I left that and it was an incredible, incredible relationship in my, my opinion, yeah. but yeah. it just left me in a state of being, just mm -hmm. being. Like, I'm not yes. worried Whoa. about doing, not worried about go. I'm just Blowing. being. There's going to be highs and lows, but I just have to be. Wow. Perfect place to end. Here's to reviving our inner child, right? And really starting to live <laughs> from that. Because only there can we find, like, real joy in our day-to-day. -day. Just not taking life so seriously. <laughs> That's the space I'm moving into. I'm just done taking all this so seriously, you know? So thank you for the way you are living your life, choosing to live your life, all the people, all the men, all the women, everyone across the spectrum that you have touched in your life so far. And I know there are many, many more to come. So I just honor you, Steve, really for how you are, how you show up and who you are, because we need you. <laughs> <laughs> the planet <laughs> needs you. So thanks for being here. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Right? <laughs> I would love for you to let people know where they can connect with you, how they can join the league as well, and anything else you want to plug at this time. Well, the league, if you're interested, it's free. So you don't have to worry about the cost to it. I just wanted something that's available for everyone. You can sign up via the link tree. It's going to be in yep. the show notes. You can also find me on Instagram at 
church socks poppy it sounds exactly like it says the best yeah (laughs) and in the bio is the link to join the league the next meeting is i believe the first wednesday of october okay they're usually every wednesday but first wednesday of october will be the next or restart of it so if you're interested you're more than welcome and eventually i want to open it up to men and women Yes. Because I feel like those yes. conversations are going to be oh, yeah. the perfect storm. I think the league and House of Low just need a partnership and we'll just yeah. we'll create that together, which is Go great. Together. Let's just do it. We'll just Sounds like a plan. test it Done. out. Can't wait. Done. Before the end of the year, we're doing it, Steve. All right. Done. Done. <laughs> I'm so ready. <laughs> All right. And thank you again for making the time today. You dropped some serious wisdom and I'm so grateful. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Believe me, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to House of Low today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, Low.